0: Some fresh beats on that opening, Anthony. Do we just throw in some Dooner cowbell in there? Yeah, is that it? I mean, I want some
1: <laughs> fresh beats. I don't know. We're gonna do that. We're definitely uh, gonna do that. I need some fresh beats. New intro, on the new music. New
0: intro, new us. Welcome to Freightonomics.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: what do we do on Freightonomics, Anthony Smith? Freightonomics is where we bring freight and economics together. It's a wonderful pairing. The world of economics is exciting, but it gets more exciting when you throw in transportation. And so it's really kind of Putting the two together it's a perfect marriage, an amazing union, because so much depends on supply and demand, and that's all the supply chain is about. And when we look at the macroeconomy and how the macroeconomy works, it's uh, it, it just makes sense. It's a gorgeous thing, isn't it? It and, is. And of
1: course, no, nobody has, uh, has, has focused on it more than us here in the last little bit, especially thank you, COVID-19, coronavirus, always present. Always doing, uh, always doing what needs to be done to disrupt the freight world and the economy and make things extremely interesting for us uh, currently. Give so something to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously the, the COVID thing is interlaced into most of our discussions nowadays. Uh, but today on Freightonomics, you know, we are going to talk about specific sector of the economy uh today and how it's interacting with the freight market and what it may mean in the future and that would be the housing and home improvement sector of the economy which i believe a lot of people out there probably have some interest in or at least some at least experience with uh, especially on the transportation side uh economic economically speaking that is your specialty is it not anthony
0: yeah i was brought in as uh the housing and construction guy looking at that uh, industry and how that impacts freight because, of course, not when houses are built, that doesn't mean that's the end of transportation or freight, you know, the building materials. That's just the beginning, folks, when those houses break ground because there's a downstream effect, Zach. A
1: lot of downstream effect. And I, of course, worked at an LTL provider uh, specializing in Floor Covering, which is, again, a nice little home improvement project as well as, uh, you know, involved in a lot of the commercial real estate uh, improvement aspect of things. So both of us together, it should be a pretty good show today uh, talking about how this uh, interacts with freight, uh, the economy. We just had a huge release in the housing start sector. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, But first off, you know, the story of the day. Not a lot of breaking news right now, but... I found this one to be particularly interesting, and this is due to a, a survey that DHL put out, uh, basically asking a lot of small to medium-sized shippers uh, how they, what they expect to see with the the new, you know, USMCA agreement, the United States Mexico Canada agreement, basically replacing NAFTA uh, in terms of the trade agreement between the North American uh, countries of Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Um and a lot, surprising, surprisingly, a lot of people were basically like meh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, um, you know, and and this is this is interesting to me because we've obviously seen a lot of impact in terms of how people are viewing Asia, uh, supply chain management, supply chain transparency. China has really been a thorn in a lot of uh, people's sides over the last 18 months or so to two years, and you know we're coming out with this new agreement that makes it relatively easier to do business across the borders in Canada, United States, Mexico. Thinking that maybe some of those uh, sor- some of that sourcing starts to come back across the water here, uh, not across the, the Pacific Ocean anymore. Dealing with the, all the risk that comes along with doing that. You get some of that freight moving from Mexico into the United States. The automotive industry is already doing it to an extent. Uh, but, you know, a lot of our electronics, uh, pharma, medical supplies, plastics, things of that nature are still heavily sourced uh, in Asia. Yeah. Maybe thinking maybe there's an opportunity here in Mexico. Again, you know, we're kind of taking advantage of cheaper labor in other parts of the world. Some of that sourcing, a lot of people are thinking is actually going to come back into the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to the survey, it doesn't appear that that may be really on what people's what what, what a lot of them are thinking, especially yeah. on the small to medium sized businesses. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, I guess it's not that surprising that 78% of the respondents said that the U.S. presidential candidate's view on international trade will affect the way that they vote this year uh, came out of this this survey. So it that to me tells me a lot of these shippers, a lot of these people are actually kind of waiting to see what happens politically. Um, you know, depending on, so I think what we might be seeing here is a little bit of a holding pattern. Anthony, what
0: do you think about that? I mean, it's good to hear that this is going to be one of the key issues or key things that people are going to be voting on and, and really kind of take into account when they're looking at, uh, you know, what, what is going to be impactful for them in the next presidential election. Uh, but one of the things I like to highlight that you mentioned there is that near effect. You know, mm-hmm. when we're looking at manufacturing, we're looking at, of course, Asia. And one of the things that we've highlighted before, and that I think you've highlighted before especially, mm-hmm. is just the, the sheer infrastructure that is in China and how hard that is to replace. You don't just – just be, even if our neighbors to the south, Mexico, is able to really ramp up some of that um, production for us and really increase a lot of that activity cross-border – there is such a huge infrastructure there in China that you just can't replace. And if we could, we would have done it already. Um, in terms of manufacturing uh, domestically, I mean, we do a fair amount of manufacturing domestically. But the thing is there, when we're looking at that that shift, that that curvature of mm-hmm. um, uh Labor intensive versus capital intensive. We're we're leaning more towards a capital intensive uh, segment where we're looking at a lot more individuals or uh, companies that are leveraging uh, technology instead of uh, manual or a- actual human labor. Right,
1: manufacturing yeah. and and that kind of uh, you know something that requires a little bit more labor. Right, uh, or you know the technology sector does not necessarily require as much manual labor. Uh, yeah, technology and even manufacturing here
0: technology. a lot of. Uh, Robotics, yep. you know, and so we 're looking at efficiency here, I think that 's going to be the the way to go in the u s and that 's mm-hmm. going to be the trend it 's going to be more automated, more robotics and, and those factories, even if we are manufacturing more domestically it 's yeah. not going to be human labor
1: for sure well thirty five percent said their business will not be impacted by the u s m c a so that that to me is not necessarily that surprising, but I thought maybe. Uh, there'd be a little bit of a, you know, increase in that number considering that it, you know, what we've seen in the last 18 months. Uh, 32% said that Asia is the top priority region for business this year. That shocks me. I thought that we would see some people start looking elsewhere, um, or a lot more, I should say. And everybody can check this article out on FreightWaves.com written by, of course, Noe Mahoney. Uh, our international correspondent, North American correspondent for uh, international trade, uh, you know, has great articles uh, to read on his, you know, what we see crossing the border with Canada and Mexico uh, into the United States, et cetera. But I, I, you know, my big takeaway from this was that people really haven't taken a as aggressive an approach to their supply chain uh, sourcing, as I thought they would, considering we just got out of a trade war, Mm -mm. followed by COVID-19 originating in the exact same area. So geopolitical risk, along with a biological risk (laughs) and an infrastructural risk. But like you said, the infrastructure in China is just so overwhelmingly huge and hard to replace People were moving out of China last year already, going to Vietnam, going to Malaysia, uh, you know, talking to people on the rails. It was obvious that people had been moving some of their sourcing, seeing that East Coast uh, origin uh, preference versus the West Coast. That's kind of reversed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now China's even showing they're expecting growth in GDP next year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, uh, and that's the other thing. So China is uh, so much different than these other countries, right? And I mean, even when we're looking at locally. Also, uh, side note, I almost wish there was a survey that asked how many people realize that Mexico is a part of North America. But that's besides the point. <laughs> the thing that that is a little bit different with China is that... This isn't a geography lesson. <laughs> that's what, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's Yeah, <laughs> um, But w- with China, is their government is set, set up such that they can do what they want when they want, and that lets them move a lot quicker than a lot of other countries. And so they are positioned and purposely position themselves to be um, the number one manufacturer in the world. And the government is moving and, and orchestrating in such a way to keep that spot. And so that's gonna make it a lot more difficult for other countries to really kind of sweep in and get a piece of that pie not only from that that size of an infrastructure level, but just from a time frame. Because they'll throw money at something without any kind of regulation or any kind of uh, a time frame needed to pass, any kinds of uh, checks and balances or anything like that. No, we're just going to make this happen. We're going to make sure that we can manipulate our country in such a way that we're going to increase manufacturing and keep it going. And we're going to be cheaper, even though we're farther away or yeah. more affordable.
1: Yeah, I I'm, f- I'm feeling a little saucy today. Uh, but, you know, to me, this is this is I understand why this is happening, because yeah. you're, you're sitting up there and you're, you know, you're you're a shipper, you're you're, you know, you're going through your supply chain, you're trying to get transparency into that supply chain. A lo- one of the biggest technological advances uh, or technological pushes, I should say, here over the next little bit. Uh, appears to be moving in the direction of, you know, viewing your entire supply chain uh, and just having straight visibility into it, just seeing what's going on upstream of where, you know, your end product. Um, and to think that you can actually attain that, being sourcing your freight from China or sourcing some of your, part of your goods from China, uh, feels very misguided to me in a way, especially looking at what we're doing here today. And I'm not trying to get political or anything like that, but... Just looking at it from a sheer operational aspect of going back to my college days and looking at my uh, supply chain management class, the risk involved with, you know, you are getting a cheaper labor source in China, but you lose certain control yeah. and certain visibility uh, of that product when you do make that deal. That's yeah. what you get, what you pay for, for an, to an extent uh, so, again, that's going to be an ongoing impact to uh, supply chain management and supply chain management professionals here over the, it looks like, for the foreseeable future. Right. Uh, because as a country, we are somewhat addicted to China.
0: <laughs> Very much so.
1: Uh, and a lot of our goods and a lot of the stuff and some of the things that are coming back online right now, Anthony Smith, which is really what we're going to hit on today, Uh are a lot of the goods that are coming from China right now we've yeah. got home improvement uh being one of the biggest movers uh of the economy here, especially over the last few weeks uh now new home sales
0: yeah new home sales they they, they ramped up um now tell it ramped now, up somewhat let well
1: let's let's modify that, yeah. and say that it it's not like we're blowing up the new home, it outpaced home, expectations.
0: expectations,
1: but the expectations versus reality here yeah. was so discrepant, yeah, lay us lay us lay us the groundwork here,
0: yeah, so uh also, I forgot to mention I know almost middle of the show here, but uh we are watching, oh, yes. live we're streaming if you. If it's Wednesday 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time and you're currently watching right now, we're streaming on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, I believe. Uh, this will be posted later on YouTube, of course. But if you want to join in the conversation, get your voice heard, chime in. Yeah. Please do so. We we love to hear from you. But yeah, Zach, as you mentioned, um, we had uh, an increase for new home sales, it increased 0.6%, uh, which many people might think, you know, 0.6%, but it's a rise on a month-to-month level. Now, again, last month, I think it was around a down 15% or something like that, and that kind of goes to show that that might be the trough overall for um, the many macroeconomic uh, measures, mm-hmm. because that was the, really a full month of government shutdown for throughout the U.S., and so... When we're looking at um, uh, overall country outputs, uh, whether it be manufacturing, industrial production, retail sales, really everything is going to be like, all right, April was absolutely. <laughs> April worst. was
1: April. April appears to be, for all intents and purposes, the bottom of any financial uh, freight, any market that you're looking at. April appears to be about as bad as it gets. Yeah. Um, we do appear to have bounced out of that to an extent. Yeah. Uh, freight volumes, you know, to jump out of the hole here for a minute are up significantly month over month, but also compared to last May, we're 9% higher. Kind of weird. Memorial day to Memorial day. We are 9% higher month over month or year over year in terms of outbound tender freight volumes. Uh, again, Pretty strong numbers there. Uh, Tender rejection rates, measure of capacity. We're about flat. We're about even. So the spot rates and things like that, not necessarily moving uh, as significantly. But considering where we've been, we are seeing these freight volumes recover a lot quicker than I expected. Obviously, anybody that tuned in for the great debate or that follows FreightWaves with any regard or, you know, FreightWaves Live at home, watch that event. My debate with Craig Fuller, uh, you know. He he definitely called a bigger recovery than I did. Uh, I did not think that it would come back this quick, but volumes have recovered significantly, and it appears to be on the rise. And a lot of the data is supporting, um, you know, a quicker recovery than a
0: lot of people expected. But yeah, housing <laughs> is like really yeah, I mean, shocking to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the median forecast was somewhere in the low. Fives high four hundred thousands, I think mm-hmm. somewhere around four hundred eighty thousand uh was expected on a seasonally adjusted basis, came in around as early estimates are six hundred and twenty-three thousand. So it outpaced it by a pretty wide margin, um well over a hundred thousand. Um so it's it's pretty substantial and it's it's a nice
1: and a lot of the experts were calling for a negative twenty percent. Is that right?
0: Uh well, the that estimates? might be for housing starts. Okay. So housing starts did drop around 30% or so. Okay. And the other thing we're looking at, um, new home sales. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that this is, so we're in the spring and spring is the busy building season month. Right. And that's where a lot of activity happens. And so on a year over year basis, we're down, um, over 6%. So I think it was 6.2% year over year on for new home sales. Um, and, and so I don't. I like looking at housing and construction, as you know, permits, home purchasing sentiment index, all that good stuff. Mm, All those feelings. I I love it. (laughs) I love it as a indicator of how consumers are feeling, especially permits, um, how the economy is moving along. But um, with this, uh, uh, also what we can we can chat a little bit later on about the latest consumer confidence number that came out. Um, I always say the consumer moves the economy. It could be seen as a leading indicator. What's happening mm-hmm. with the consumer is, is telling for what's going to happen in the overall macroeconomy. What's happening in housing could be seen as what how the consumer is feeling. But as optimistic as you know I want to be with housing and construction, I don't know if this is a spark for what's to come, although I I, I love what I'm seeing right now. It's just that the consumer and... Housing and manufacturing, all this good stuff alone, can't really dictate what's going to happen. I don't think in the coming months. I uh-huh. think it's going to be up to what the course of this virus is, and so the whether uh, I think a lot of people are talking now about a potential second wave or uh, vaccine efforts, things I, like I, that. I,
1: I, you know, it's interesting to me that you know, there's there's a lot of speculation out there. Obviously, I'm I'm definitely obviously politically averse <laughs> yeah. on this show. I want to just talk about facts and all that kind of stuff, but this is a politicized topic. Yeah. Uh, that's reality, whether you like it or not. Um, and there's a lot of information out there about what to do, what not to do, et cetera. And I'm certainly not going to try to broach that subject, but it does matter. Yeah. Um, you have to acknowledge that it exists, uh, whether you like it or not, agree or disagree. Um, Anybody that goes out over the weekend, that went to Florida, (laughs) uh, that that goes to a home improvement store or whatnot can tell that, you know, whether or not people are staying at home or not, there's a large part of the population that is simply moved on already. Yeah. Uh, You know, whether or not you think that's effective, good, bad and different, you know, is irrelevant, but they are. There is, you can go and you can see it with your own eyes. Mm -hmm. We can see it in the data. Uh, You know, looking at something, uh, this Business Insider article kind of pointed me in a direction, uh, talking about Home Depot and Lowe's Mm -hmm. a few days ago. And, uh, you know, it pointed me to this website called numerator.com, and they had all these stats on some of the sectors, uh, you know, that were doing well. And the strongest sector... By far, outside of online sales, which has been strong throughout this whole thing, um, which, again, is kind of a channel more than a, a sector. But um, anybody going to stores, the biggest retail brick-and-mortar visits, revenue numbers, et cetera, has been the home improvement sector. Mm-hmm. And it's been grow. It's literally outperformed, starting in about—it's it, been doing well since this whole thing began— uh, and it actually was having a strong year to start off. But you can go to numerator.com and check this, uh, this index out. It's actually really interesting. But here over the last uh, four weeks or so, they have outperformed last year by like 15 to 20%. Yeah. And just literally drive by a Home Depot or a Lowe's or, or any of these ACEs or, or True Values, whatever you want to call it, they're crushing it. And a lot of people are obviously, I mean, you think about it, it makes sense. Electronics retailers are doing horribly with brick and mortar. Home improvement stores are outperforming. But a lot of those electronics, you don't need to go and touch and feel and grab wood and do all this stuff. You just order it online. Yeah. There's definitely a, a difference between getting home improvement goods versus electronics. Right. You know, you can, yeah. you know what a 65-inch TV is online. You don't mm-hmm. need to go and look at it and touch it and feel you,
0: it. You look at it and you yeah. realize you need a 72. Yeah.
1: You're out there in the backyard, you know, chopping some wood. mm mm-hmm or maybe just replacing some shelves. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to go and you want to see it and you got to measure it. You got to know exactly how it fits in your house, et cetera. You know, you've been in the house for a while. You're staring at this thing. You've been, you need to replace your working from home now. It just, all of it lines up. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you just put yourself in these positions and a lot of people probably relate to this, but the home improvement sector appears to be just killing it right now on the retail side, specifically, it's something yeah. that the business insider article uh, points out is that, It is not straight about the consumer in the home improvement side, which is the construction side. Mm -hmm. A lot of the commercial construction, um, even the consumer construction, like the housing starts, for Mm -hmm. instance, they're not seeing that is that's the big money Mm -hmm. Whereas the consumers kind of the small money. You know, a lot of transactions, less revenue per transaction. A lot of those big construction projects aren't really pulling it together.
0: So there is a risk to that here in the future. Yeah. And and I think, so this was a sector that we actually, one of the things that we, we do a lot of stuff together, (laughs) socially distance wise. (laughs) Um, One of the things we, we, we tag team on is uh, with the help of a few of our other teammates, the Sonar monthly market update uh, that, that every month nice document yeah. with yeah. a lot for of information. For Sonar subscribers. <laughs> for Sonar subscribers, of course. Um, <laughs> one of the areas we highlighted, and I think it was addition for March, March or April, um, was retail sales for building products. Mm-hmm. And that that was highlighted in there. But the initial thought around that was um, I think one of the other catalysts is adverse weather conditions as well. Mm-hmm. We're looking at um, uh, you know hurricane season. We're looking at uh, storms, tornadoes, we had flooding damage earlier on in the year. I think that also is going to ramp up potential uh, retail sales for building materials. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, um, uh, those consumers looking to do home improvement projects. So when we're looking at housing, once again, existing home sales dropped 17.8% in April from March. Um, but the thing is, the inventory dropped as well. Mm-hmm. People are taking their houses off the the market if you know people can't come to see them can't have open house, but they are still doing home improvements and um, they're you know you're staring at that hole all day and you're like you know what I'm a, I'm get going I'm gonna fix that I have all day to do it I got all week I got all month I'm quarantined I'm mm-hmm. you know you, you get stir crazy and you start you know turning into the handyman.
1: Yeah, and and anybody out there that's moving freight right now. Um you have some you have an opportunity here uh with with this in terms of if you look at Home Depot and Lowe's, they are two of the largest shippers of freight in the United States. A lot of their freight comes in from overseas, hits those ports out in Los Angeles, Long Beach, uh Seattle. Um comes across the country, a lot of it hits the East Coast as well. They've got they've got presences in Savannah, uh, and up there around uh, Pennsylvania and Harrisburg, et cetera. But uh, they do, a lot of that freight movement is, is out there right now. And again, 20 to 30% higher than last year, and it is surging right now. It is crazy uh, just to see this. Now, on that same topic, you know, I mentioned home improvement being a strong aspect of the economy right now, the first to really recover strongly, um, you know, driving a lot of these freight volumes probably uh, that we're seeing in our volume data, but, you know, these imports, we, bought, we monitor imports here at FreightWaves uh, all the time. Our customs data shows that imports kind of surged there at the end of April and then fell back off. A lot of sailings were blanked, again, canceling sailings. They're controlling capacity, and we can't really, we can't really tell who these are exactly. We can see some of the sectors uh, that are growing and, and not growing, et cetera, but, you know, something that Greg Miller... Uh, one of our our editorial uh, writers for American shipper has really been great at covering, Uh, you know, he, he covered the the customs imports data this weekend uh, on FreightWaves.com. Import cuts could trigger more shortages as States reopen. So they've controlled capacity. A lot of shippers actually cut orders for June and July last month. They were at the bottom. They cut these orders. Now demand is coming back specifically in the home improvement side will this lead to a shortage in inventory mm. again a lot of this a lot of this is kind of a you know cup and ball game here <laughs> yeah where it's like well we ordered a bunch of freight thinking that we'll be ready when freight comes back but is it the right freight yeah you know did the home improvement stores order enough freight did you know or is this you know i covered non-durable goods this weekend right. non-durable goods has not been impacted as ne- nearly as strongly as durable goods which is going to be on that home improvement side? So yeah. home improvement orders down, du- uh, non-durable goods remain relatively strong year over year. Not not up, but stronger than the rest of them. Um, has the, is this going to create some sort of shortage uh, when the demand arises in any significance? Right. Yeah. So I I think this is a fascinating thing to watch unfold. Uh, you know, especially on the import side, this is going to be a very a uh, chunky clunky recovery yeah. if you will i mean if we start i mean if you go to an ace or home depot or lowe's or anybody like that right now you're probably going to see eventually come into some empty shelves uh they, you know i don't think any of them forecasted for 20 to 30 percent growth year over year and everything so it's not sustainable to that extent so what does that do to the freight economy uh, something to monitor. We'll be monitoring here. Uh, you know, as certain sectors are starting to normalize again, grocery yeah. has been outperforming, but it's fallen back. It's getting closer and closer to the mean. Right. You right. know, as we as we progress through, we're seeing you know all sorts of things come back to normal. Those surges and spikes appear to be regulating to an extent. So, home improvement to me is going to it's it's an anomaly in the way that it's continuing to surge mm-hmm. while others are normalizing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we have a quick, quick shout out here. Les Willis here, I think, on Facebook says, no matter how you slice it, 30% unemployment will keep the economy stagnant. Certainly there will be blips in economic recovery, but these are unprecedented times. Stock market back at 25K does not make any sense (laughs) as to what we're seeing overall. Flip a coin as to why. And I think Les makes a good point there. These are unprecedented times. And uh, we're we're going to see some things that don't quite make sense. We're going to see there's going to be few uh, canaries in the coal mine. Like you know what? That's it right there. That's going to yeah. be a, a leading indicator. That's a sign of something on the horizon. Probably not. And then there are some <laughs> that are going to be like, uh, no. that's a false positive right there. I don't know. But but as you mentioned, there are certain things that are coming back into the normal, and other things are just kind of bizarre and and out there. Yeah. As, and we
1: can't we can't we obviously can't see what's going to happen here six months down the road. That's yeah. that's a big anomaly. But you know one of the things that we ha- also are monitoring is the fact that this stimulus bill may have done too good of a job <laughs> yeah keeping people out uh because we are we are reading reports uh about you know people not going back to work another you know you know another article talking about how a lot of the labor force making more money yeah sitting at home yeah and and this is very short sighted in my in my opinion that that you think that this is going to last for long term Somebody offers you a job today, uh, you take it. Yeah, you're going to be setting yourself
0: up, and
1: yeah, that 45K a year that you're doing the math on right now that you said, well, I was only making 30k a year mm. with my job, Well, you're not going to make this money all year long." Yeah, this is going to run out. Eventually, you're going to get cut off, and you're not going to
0: make 45k. You may actually end up making 30k, but then not have a job for the next year. And employment benefits after August could yeah. either end or become diminished. Also, I know show is closing real quick. Tim Dooner wants to know, what's the name of your stapler?
1: (laughs) It's a swing line. (laughs) (laughs) Swing line stapler. I was was told that I could keep it on my desk.
0: We have the last few (laughs) seconds here, Zach. Do we have a debate? We do. So
1: your favorite coronavirus TV show, Anthony Smith, go.
0: The one that kicked it off, Tiger King.
1: Mine was uh, The Last Dance. Runner Up. Nope, it's the winner. No, what's Uh, your runner-up? I
0: relived my childhood
1: through it. It was wonderful seeing Michael Jordan, one of the greatest athletes of all time, if not the greatest athlete of all time, showing his mentality moving through 15 years of his career Mm. in one of the strongest dynasties ever. You can't deny it. Some redneck in